0: The scripture this morning does indeed come from Paul's second letter uh, to his congregation at Philippi, um, chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes. And I also ask you, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to anyone. The Lord is near. Whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice, the Lord, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last. You have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things. Through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share in my distress. This is God's, excuse me, this is God's good word for us, God's beloved people. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, it's summer of rock. Therefore, my one rule about Summer of Rock, I don't actually only pick rock songs. This is the second year in a row. We've got some country in there. Um, My one rule for Summer of Rock is that there must be a Beatles song. There has to be. You can't call something Summer of Rock and not have a work from the Beatles that is just, I made these rules up, but I stick to them, darn it. I have very few rules in my life, but that is one of them. So last year, we did uh, Goodbye with a Little Help from My Friends. Uh, first year, we kicked off with All You Need is Love. And this year, we are looking at Let It Be, which is one of my favorite Beatles songs. And what's, what's fascinating about this song is where it comes in the story of the Beatles. This song was written by Paul McCartney in 1968. It is credited to the Paul McCartney-John Lennon partnership, but John Lennon later disavowed any involvement in this song. This is a Paul McCartney original. It comes from a dream he had where his mother, who was named Mary, appeared to him. Now, you see, Paul's mother, Mary, died when Paul was 14. And so he hadn't seen her um, in a couple, in a decade or so when he wrote this song. But she appeared to him in a dream and told him, let it be. It's going to be all right. Let it be. Now, 1968 was a difficult year in the life of the world, right? It was the, you know, assassination of MLK is in 1968. Some of the worst protests around the Vietnam War is 1968. You know, the assassination of RFK is 1968. And so a lot of people, I think, coming out of 1968, I wasn't there, but I could believe might have been needed to be told, let it be. But that's not what Paul's writing about. And that's not what Paul was stressed about. And that's not why Paul's mother appeared to him in a dream to tell him, let it be. In 1968, the Beatles were falling apart at the scene. Their longtime manager um, had died in 1967. In 1968, they sat down to record what gets called the White Album, the self-titled Beatles album, and that recording process was a nightmare. It did not go well. Major fracture lines began to show up in the band. Paul and John are no longer the friends they were. Yoko Ono has kind of is doing whatever it is that Yoko Ono did uh, to split that part of the partnership up. George Harrison is having a much has having his own artistic renaissance and wants to be respected uh, by John and Paul um, as a writer in his own right and is not getting that that respect. They would record all of John and Paul's songs. And then if there was time left, they'd record George's songs, and George is sitting here going, some of my songs are better than yours, guys. Uh, actually, I can almost do it. Some of my songs are better than yours, guys. There we go. It's close. <laughs> I once got trapped in a lake house with my parents with the only thing to watch was a Beatles documentary, and so I spent my time learning how to talk like the Beatles. Okay. And Ringo, since they stopped touring, has just kind of been there, right? Ringo is perfectly fine drummer, but when you are just a recording artist and you can fill things in after the fact, you don't really need Ringo. And so Ringo has been bored since the Sgt. Pepper's album and is only getting more bored. So in this, analysis, there's a whole bunch of other financial stuff. It was all falling apart. And so as the band is fracturing, Paul has this dream from his mother that says, let it be. Hear these words of wisdom. Let it be. There's still a light that shines for me. Hear these words of wisdom. Let it be. So you could think as you hear that, And probably what Paul heard, I need to let it be. We need to get back to being the Beatles. That's how we're going to stay the Beatles, is if we just can let it be. And so Paul gets this idea, let's get back to what we were really good at. Let's make a new album. Let's make a new tour Let's prepare new songs the way we used to record them as a band, so that we can do live performances again. He rents, uh, he gets a television film crew to film it, and he gets a television studio. And they start what was started out as titled the Get Back album. and they're gonna get it back. They're gonna get it back together. They're gonna get it figured out. We're gonna go back to how we used to play. We're gonna let it be and get back to the good old days. And that eventually becomes the feature film, Let It Be, and the album, Let It Be, It was the last studio album released by the Beatles, and the last set of singles released by the Beatles. Because they tried to get it back, and they thought that's what it meant to Let It Be, but Yoko Ono was still in the studio. John and Paul were no longer friends. George Harrison was still a frustrated artist, and Ringo was still there. In fact, during the recording of Let It Be, George Harrison quit the band for five days and would only come back if they promised never to perform live ever again. They did record the Abbey Road album, which technically came out before this one, if you want to get super technical on it, but this is uh, the last album they released as a band. When this process was over, John quit quietly, then Paul quit publicly. And I'm sorry, I love George and Ringo, but it's not the Beatles if it's just George and Ringo. And yes, lawsuits continued through 1974, but this certainly represents the beginning of the end for the Beatles. And so that advice from Paul's mother, Mary, to let it be, might not have been let it be so that the Beatles can continue, but let it be because the Beatles have run its course and you need to be at peace with that. Certainly if you look at where let it be sits in the entire artistic accomplishment of the Beatles, that's its real meaning. Let it be, this time has passed let be this prayer you have to save this band will go unanswered. And that's where it relates almost directly to Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul's letter to the Philippians is in some ways, this is the other Paul, right? Too many Pauls, I know, this is St. Paul of Tarsus, not uh, Paul of Northern England, Paul McCartney of Northern England. But St. Paul of Tarsus essentially writes a let it be type letter, to the people in Philippi, because both him and his dear congregation in Philippi have it rough. So Paul, at this point, is in prison. He's, right, This is one of Paul's prison letters. We don't know which imprisonment it is. You flip a coin. He gets in prison more than once. This could be the final Roman imprisonment, or it could be an earlier imprisonment in Ephesus our purposes of today doesn't matter you can imagine paul in rome you can imagine paul in ephesus paul is locked up and thus living in extreme discomfort right roman prisons were no joke he probably has a shackle permanently attached to him he has limited range of motion he's being fed terribly um it, the water is no doubt dripping from the ceiling right there were not laws protecting the treatment of roman prisoners And the congregation in Philippi is also being ripped apart by this conflict between Euodia um, and Syntaichi. I'm probably saying these wrong. It's literally all Greek to me, but we're going to go with Euodia um, and Syntaichi. These are close enough. We know from what Paul relates that these two women are pillars of the church, uh, they were part of how the church initially got built. We think, because of how what we know about the congregation in Philippi, that these women represented uh, leaders of two home churches. There weren't, like, big church buildings. Here's the church, here's the steeple, look inside and see all the people. There were no church buildings. It was just people's houses. Partly because we didn't have money to build buildings, and partly because operational security dictates, if you spread out where everyone is, it's a lot safer. It's much harder for the Romans to close you down. But so we think these two women, Euodia and Syntyche are leaders of sectors of the congregation and they are at loggerheads and have been for long enough that it's come to Paul's attention either in Ephesus or Rome. And so he writes this letter to try and resolve this conflict and speak God's peace into a situation that was ripping a church apart they both need to hear some version of let it be let it be and so that's part of what's happening in verses 4 through 7 of today's scripture is Paul's Saint Paul's version of Paul McCartney's words of let it be let it be there will be an answer let it be rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And you hear that and you go, okay, so if I pray to God and the prayer I have gets answered... I will have the peace that surpasses all understanding. That sounds great. I pray for it. That prayer gets answered. I look around and go, I sure am blessed. Isn't that wonderful? I pray that Yodia and Sintaichi get their stuff together and they get their stuff together. And thus we can feel blessed and know the peace of God. And you can tell by my tone, I'm going to bring this crashing down. Because that is not what Paul is saying. Paul is is saying, pray, and that prayer matters, and take whatever is on your heart to God. He literally says that. And you lift it up in prayer, and regardless of what the answer is, you will know the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Because sometimes the answer to your prayer is yes, or sure, or here we go. And sometimes that's not the answer. And that's why I included all the way through verse 14, because if you read verses 11 through 14, it is Paul reckoning with that exact idea in his own life. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. We love... Philippians 4.13. We love it. I have at least two t-shirts in my drawer right now with that verse in place on it. I am willing to bet that in this room, someone has some sort of art on the wall of their house with Philippians 4.13 on it right now. No embarrassment. It's a wonderful verse. It's, it's up there with the Jeremiah 29.11 and John 3.16. But when you draw it out of what it actually means, it's actually a really intense statement of what it means to be able to find strength in God regardless of your circumstances. Because Paul's not lying. He has known what it is to have plenty and what it is to have nothing. When he came to Christ, he was a very well-to-do guy. He was a Pharisee, educated at Pharisee University. On top of that, he was a Roman citizen, so he was untouchable in Jewish world. He was untouchable in Roman world, on track to be a real important guy. And instead, when Christ called him, he traveled all over the known world ended up in shipwrecks ended up getting like attacked by crowds, you know, getting locked up in prison multiple times and eventually killed at the hands of the Romans. Dude knew plenty. Dude knew little. And what it means to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you is to be able to let it be. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what's going on around you, that you can know that peace that surpasses all understanding. Whether the prayer you have lifted up gets answered or not. Because sometimes, yes, prayers get answered and things change, right? Sometimes that answer is yes, and the sickness goes away or the building gets built (laughs) often in my prayer life or Yodia and zentaichi get their stuff together and they get back together or you get released from prison which certainly happens for paul in ephesus but does not happen uh, to paul in rome paul leaves the roman jail in a pine box but sometimes they do get answered And the things change. And that's when we're really good at seeing the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Man, God, I'm so glad that that thing worked out. Thank you, God. I feel blessed. I feel your peace in my heart. Because the thing I wanted to happen definitely just happened. But sometimes, things don't change. The Odias and the Sintai Chis, the world, don't get their stuff together. You don't get out of prison. You die at the hands of the Romans. You meet a fire marshal who continually redefines the definition of space such that, yeah, just like the Romans, uh, you are run of another unreasonable government. I'm okay. (laughs) Deeply traumatized, but I'm okay. The sickness doesn't go away, whatever it is. Doesn't change. And yet, the peace that surpasses all understanding is there for you then as well. You can see God then as well. God is sitting there right beside you then as well. One of the traps that people, uh, that Everyone falls into, but certainly that people with depression fall into, is that being okay or being stable or getting things together is always just over the horizon if that one thing would slip into place. If I could just... Get out of this situation. If I could just get the new job. If I could just lose 25 pounds. If I could just get this one relationship right. If I could just, if I could just, if I could just. And okay is always just receding, just out of reach. But being truly okay, truly having faith, isn't saying God, I just need to get to that next mountaintop and then I'm going to be okay. God, I need to just get to that next mountaintop and then I'll know your peace. Because what if you never get to that mountaintop? Well, I talked about this on Wednesday night, but one of the things I love about the 23rd Psalm is the line, it's the two lines. One is they set table before you in the presence of your enemies because it implies you have enemies. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff, comfort me because that implies you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death true faith is not just seeing God on the mountaintop but it's knowing God's peace in the valley because sometimes the things don't change and so friends in all things may we let it May we let it be when the band gets back together. And may we let it be when the band goes its separate ways. May we let it be when the prayers are answered and our lives change. And may we let it be when we find ourselves continually stuck in the valley, merely knowing that God walks alongside us with God's rod and God's staff and God's table set before us. And that is the peace that surpasses all understanding. In all of those places and any place, may we hear these words of wisdom. Let it be. Lift it all to God. And know that God and God's peace is there with you no matter the outcome. When you have plenty and when you have little, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Because the strength of Christ does not just exist on the mountaintop. It is there in the valley as well. The true journey of faith involves seeing that. Not just seeing God when things are most clear. But seeing God when things are the most murky. And in those places, knowing that you can indeed let it Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks that on the mountaintops and in the valleys, with our friends and before our enemies, in the bright sunshine and in the valley of the shadow of death, that your rod and your staff, they comfort me, that our cup overflows, that a table is set for us by you, that you are there. May we find your peace in all places, when the answer comes and when it does not, when the thing we desire is right there in front of us and when the thing that we desire never seems to come about, may we see you, may we know your peace that surpasses all understanding. May we lean on you and thus be able to say, let it be. In Jesus' most holy name we pray, amen.